everyone. Welcome to 12 Questions. This is Anna Valenzuela. I'm exhausted. I've started community college for the 800th time. Uh, did I wear the t-shirt to the first day of class? Yes, I did, because I'm old. Um, I am very excited to be here today with my co-host, Mr. Dave Yates. Hello, everybody. I, I honestly, you going back to school reminds me of that, like, Steve Buscemi meme where he's got the skateboard. He's like, hello, fellow kids. Yeah, uh, yes, it feels very much like that. Mm. <laughs> I was on a, doing a class assignment where I had to, like, comment on other people's stuff. And somebody was talking about their wife and kids. And I was like, I'm just happy another adult is here. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're doing it. Yes. Um, but, Dave, could you go ahead and read that beautiful clarity statement for us? Yep. Here we go. Welcome to 12 Questions. We're a podcast where we believe growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences with guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AA, NA, or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. We're simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to give hope to anyone struggling. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. We only hope that you can learn something about yourselves by listening. I like the edited version of the of the clarity statement. I, I, cut, I cut some of the fat. I cut some mm -hmm. of the fat, and uh, I think the message uh, hits home. What but, is he, uh, a comedy writer, ladies and gentlemen? Does he oh, cut the I fat wish, like a butcher? I'm a, just a, I just drink too much coffee and yell. That's that's what I do. Ooh. Don't we all? And I'm so excited for today's guest because I know she I know she's listens. I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, we met uh, as I traveled around uh, the Arizona comedy scene. Um, I never saw Q Shaman while I was there, but uh, she's way better. Who are we speaking with today? Um, hi, everyone. I'm uh, Dana Wisson. I'm a uh, comedian, um, illustrator, animator uh, based out of Phoenix, Arizona, and I am here to answer 12 questions. was <laughs> <laughs> your? I was waiting uh, for you to be like, I'm here to fuck shit up. It's like, well, oh, I mean, don't. yeah, I mean, always that should be assumed. I'm here to fuck shit up, get fucked. All right. You know, maybe not that. Okay. Party. Yeah. Well, you know, we've had some interesting talks in the, in the choir. So like you've uh, like, how have you been holding up? How are things happening? How are, how are you doing? This, this um, is the all important 13th question that yeah. Anna likes to ask up top. I didn't ask her on a date. I didn't ask her on a date. <laughs> uh, how am I doing? Well, I, uh, I, I live with my parents as I have my entire life. So I guess not much has changed as far as like, I, I'm always home, always with my parents or hiding mm -hmm. from them in my room. Um, I haven't been, you know, before quarantine, I was doing a bunch of in-person live shows. Mm -hmm. And while I I stopped, um, Arizona, uh, or at least Phoenix, has continued doing live shows without me. Large, like, club shows. Like, they just haven't stopped. So, um but yeah, I've I've spent most of my time at home, um, you know, doing Zoom shows, writing. Um, my God, yeah. the FOMO of it all! Oh, 
I know. I'm trying so hard. Like, I'm trying to transfer that FOMO into more, like, judgment. Because, like, I'm going to be jealous and angry either way. Like, F that guy for for getting that spot at that show, even though I told all the, the bookers that I'm not performing right now. You know? Stuff like yeah. that. But I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that in a Well, and the thing is, is you, you've been able to pivot from my, you know, viewpoint. You know, I've done Zoom shows where people have purchased your graphic design backgrounds. Uh, so Dana's made uh, Zoom backgrounds that she's sold to people, yeah. and they're great. And they have like Venmo handles. Yeah, Anna. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Anna's right? got a Anna's got a real surprised look on her face. Like, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe she might want to purchase some. See, I so you came on the podcast, it. you're gonna make some money. Um, yes. but that's, that's, that's the thing. We all have to pivot, and I appreciate anybody hustling. And your artwork, uh, uh, not only is it very good, but you have a very distinct tone to the the way you make things. So, like, I was on a Zoom show with someone, and they used one of your backgrounds, and I was just like, oh, is that? did you get that from Dana? That's great. And she's like, yeah, she's great. Blah, 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 blah. So it, it's, it's nice to see when other people are buying friends work. Yes. Thank in you. any capacity. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. It's nice to have that support and it's nice to uh, support other comedians. Like I know you have a hot sauce and I know like, you know, some comedians, they they're also artists and they sell their art. It's just, it's cool seeing the community support each other. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and not only that, it's just like the thing you make for comedians helps them make money because yes. like she makes a really nice zoom background with your Venmo handle and like your social media handle just in the cell. So like you don't have to keep plugging something. People can see it. So it's a, it's a very genius, uh, saleable good that you can justify paying for because you'll make that money back from it just being a nice standard way to see how to pay you. Thank you. Uh, can I quote you uh, every time I uh, message people to uh, buy my product? Cause that is a of good. Course. <laughs> of course. No, no, that's, I mean, I, I've been in sales my entire life and I've sold all kinds of shit, shit. I don't care about shit. I don't believe in. I've sold it all from ad space to cell phones, to drugs. And the number one way to, justify a sale to any person of any good is how fast can I make my money back that I just spent with you? Oh, so it's like, so it's like, it's so it's like if your zoom background costs, I can't remember what they're like 10, 15 bucks, right. Or yeah. something like that. Yep. <clears throat> if you, you said this, if you do three shows, zoom shows and you make $5 per zoom show from that background, it'll pay for itself. Oh, shit. not only that, I'm going to hit you up. This I feel like we're on some sort of like uh uh like uh what's a uh, home shopping network situation, but yeah. I'm I'm gonna hit you I'm gonna hit you up uh for myself, but also the podcast. So Dave and I have a fun background that doesn't just look like wherever we are. Hell yeah! Oh, I don't oh, yeah, want it. I don't want it. I don't want. It. <laughs> It'd be funny. I just talked it up. I'm just like, it's not for me. Shut up, Dave. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's not that you pivoted really well, but um my question to you is how how have you experienced surrender? How do I experience surrender, you ask? Well, first of all, to get all the funny out of the way, because uh uh I have a hard time getting serious. Uh <laughs> surrender looks like Celine Dion because that is actually one of my favorite Celine Dion songs. Surrender. Ah, yeah, check it out on one. Spotify. You know, it's a good one. It gets me going. Um 
Surrender is giving in and scheduling an appointment with a therapist, which is something I have avoided for at least the past five years, which I'm going to continue avoiding every single day. I'm going to even leave myself notifications in my calendar on my phone to do it. And then I will probably put it off for another five years. So that's a, but once I get to that point, that's surrender. Um, (laughs) Surrender. What's the point of not going? What do you get out of not going? Oh, I, I, I will procrastinate everything and anything. I like, I think I get high off procrastination. That is one of my addictions. And, um, I yeah, think the, the anxiety from not doing like that, yes. you can, you can do that. Like you can push it off until like, I mean, even when I was in school, like I'd, I'd push off papers until the night before. Cause I felt like I ran better on that. Like if you don't get it done, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Except this is not an English paper. This is my mental health. Yeah. This is my life. Yeah. Right. I'll, yeah. I'll put off anything that's that's health related. And so, and so like once I, once I surrender to something, I like going to the doctor or uh, going after that job, I look at it as like, I've, I'm like giving up the anxiety. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard for me to explain, but um, I don't surrender as much as I think I should. And um, yeah. Okay. I think that goes. I think that goes for a lot of us, though. I mean, I I know I could be better about it, even though I'm pretty good at it. But like, just not to know what it is like to be you. But like, I put off going to therapy surrounding my father's death for almost a year because I'm a workaholic, and that's you know I was very lucky to be getting road work soon after he passed. So I didn't need to go sit down with someone and talk my feelings out because I, I didn't have time to sit with them. So then when the yeah. pandemic hit, I stopped and all my shit that I've been carrying around in this station wagon of my being <laughs> driving a hundred miles an hour, the pandemic hit and I slammed on the brakes and all my shit hit the window and was just all around. And I'm just trying to pick up the pieces because I had time to do it, you know, and yeah. it, you know, it still took another three months after that to actually get a therapist that I liked, that I look forward to seeing, that I have to see today at three thirty. You know, oh, and it good. just it, it took over a year and a half to get that, and that I mean, it was ruining my relationships, my 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 mental well being. But it still even took me like I'm nobody special. And it still took a, a year and change to get it done. So I mean, I think the thing with surrender is. I am my own worst enemy. I am the embodiment of that scene in Liar Liar where Jim Carrey figures out if he beats the shit out of himself, he can get out of the court date. And he's in the bathroom and he's kicking the shit out of himself and slamming his head into the walls in the toilet. And then that nerd lawyer comes in and he's like, what what, what are you doing? (laughs) And he looks at him and he goes, I'm kicking my own ass. Do you mind? (laughs) That's me. Like that is that that is I always try to remember that scene when I'm not taking care of myself or when I'm beating myself up to just try Mm -hmm. to take some of the sting off of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's I relate to that. Mm. What would you say the most insane moment you've had in your life is, Dana? Um. Well, okay, one. 
either when I went to the psych ward the first time, it it started off as insane and ended up being a very pleasant experience. And then um, when I talked to Fred Durst, one of my idols on the phone, that was in the summer. And it, let's I, hear both. I got to hear both. Yeah, okay? we got to hear both stories. Start, That's start with the psych ward. <laughs> and then uh, let's move on to uh, uh, King Break stuff himself. Okay. <laughs> I don't even rem- I'm so I think I the first time I went to the psych ward was maybe 10 or 12 years ago. And I don't remember what led me to it, but I was like, I know around that time I was anxious at my job. It was a call center, which was, I should not have. fucking worst. It's the worst. Yeah. If you have anxiety already, it's, it's just going to get, I mean, for me, at least it got worse to, it got so bad to the point where like, I'd, you know, I would have panic attacks at work. I mean, you know, I'm sure if you've worked at a call center, you get it. Um, And but yeah, also like every time I'm, that fucking phone rings, it's like <laughs> oh oh my, it's like the airplane bell. It, yeah, it's um, gross. Yeah, yeah. But I I just and I was also you know depressed. I have obsessive compulsive disorder, and I'm always addicted to something, specifically caffeine, which is not something that someone with OCD and Tourette syndrome should be consuming. But you know, if there is a drug out there or some sort of substance that makes me Gotta feel do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah. So, do too much of it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my God. So yes, I ended up in the psych ward and first time I was there was with a bunch of women, which was cool and all, but you know, I'm, you know, I, I was competing. I was, I felt like I had to compete with all these women cause that's what I do. So that wasn't, necessarily the best experience but then the second time what, i went what were you com- what were you competing for oh everything like oh she has bigger boobs than i do she uh she had a, a crazier uh panic attack she's had more mental breakdowns than i have she has a nice ass fuck this chick i can't believe you know we're in the same psych ward you know very uh negative negative feelings if you just added uh by the way, having worked in treatment and met uh, many a girl, many a lady in treatment, uh, that is also happening in a drug and alcohol treatment center, for sure. Like, there's a lot of like, she has juicy sweatpants. Oh my God, (laughs) fuck her. Like, there's a lot of that mean girl shit. It's crazy. Yeah, it's everywhere. And and especially in the psych ward where it's like all the girls that normally do that, they're all put in one hallway with each other. Uh, The second time I went, it was a co-ed floor. And so, and that was also difficult because, you know, if boys are around, I get sad, like, Oh no, the boys don't like me. They like the pretty girls. And then, but it was still a better experience than the first time. How old were you when you were in the psych ward both times? Um, let's see. I think, 26, 26, and then 28. Okay. Part. So I think I was one of the older uh, p- women on my floor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And, okay, so you mentioned OCD, anxiety, and Tourette's. Yeah. Wow. And Fred Durst. Don't and forget Fred about Durst. that fourth. Don't forget about-, Don't forget about that fourth mental illness, Fred Durst. <laughs> 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 
I, I think the mental illness is being a huge fan of Limp Biscuit. That's the overall mental illness. No, 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 no. The biscuit is fine. It's the Durst. It's like once you sing, once you single out that it's Fred Durst, that's the obsession. I think, I think the biscuit is fine. They made some killer albums. You know, uh, Dana, I'm very proud of you for not wearing your red New York Yankees cap to Thank the you. fucking podcast. <laughs> I don't actually own one yet. I've looked for for some, but I don't know. You know, now red hats kind of aren't the thing, so I don't want to like. Oh, no, yeah, you're yeah, you gotta yeah. go. I'm willing to go. bet Fred Durst has some merch that says that is a red cap, but it says like Fred Durst on it. Make you know, make if, Fred Durst again. Yeah, make make red <laughs> make red caps Durst again. That ah, that should be it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'd wear the shit out of that. No, but I, I mean, I think everybody and myself included, I mean, they were they still are like you could still listen to any of those albums and they're great. Like uh, between three dollar bill, y'all. And then um, what was the follow up album? You'll know um, uh, Significant Other and then Chocolate Starfish. They only put yeah. out three mainstream ones. And then wasn't there like a fourth one that came out that like never got the attention it deserved? Yeah, I think so. Four or five, maybe. Um, I haven't been as up to date on their their recent hits, uh, which you know I got to work on that. But yeah, those first three albums, oh man, those still killer. Mean in my those heart, still killer. Uh, oh my gosh, I love. I think that. it's too like I. It's not as bad as like the Nickelback shitting, but some people like to shit on Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit. I'm like. Do you forget that they were like the biggest band in the fucking country for a solid chunk of time? Yeah. Like, isn't he a movie director now? I guess he, I don't, I think, oh yeah, he directed a movie with uh, John Travolta. I haven't seen it yet. I, I, based on all the reviews I've heard where people hate it, they think it's one of the worst movies they've ever seen i might actually enjoy it and not just because fred durst directed it i just i think i i tend to favor things that most people don't like <laughs> and so you talk to him on the phone let's let's not let's yeah. not us forget oh, yeah. this insanity how it, yeah how did that happen <laughs> so i i i like tagging celebrities in my stuff to because i want i want their attention and then i've written a lot of jokes about limp biscuit or just done like a lot of like uh characters that uh enjoy limp biscuit and so i tagged him and limp biscuit in all those posts and like videos and stuff and then finally he started responding with just like two little lightning bolt emojis and he would comment and then um then i just started sending him stuff and he would respond saying you know i really like your stuff and he was never creepy or anything like that. Like a lot of people make jokes about, oh, did you get nookie? No, mofo, I did not. And, but yeah, then he's like, he liked my animations, the cartoons I make. And he's like, hey, I have some questions for you. So he, he called me, I gave him my number. He called me and we talked for like 45 minutes just about Adobe character animator and like animation programs and stuff. And we did like, voices like oh shit man yo what up and uh that's and he, so cool yeah then he unfollowed me on social media and i was severely depressed about it for about two days and <laughs> i took that personally and i ran with it and i'm still recovering oh my the durst, god the durst giveth and the durst taketh away i mean <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe it was like a boundary thing or or like he was just, you know, maybe his lady got jelly. I, yeah, I'm thinking like, okay, if I were a celebrity and some rando was sending me all this stuff and all these randos were sending me all this stuff, I'd probably, you know, do that too. I don't know. Well, and here's the thing. You never know what his team you know, like he could have just been like, Yeah, I was talking to this random fan, and they're like, No, not in this climate, sir. You can't yeah, you know. So true. like yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't take it as personally, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. especially since he seemed like a good enough dude on the phone, you know, yeah. just h- hold on to that and know that a lot of these celebrities are like a, a like a corporation. So there could have been other people involved that were like, She'll sue you for her stealing her ideas. Yeah, that's true. That thank you for saying that because I really took it personally and I got I really did get depressed about it. But it's like, yeah, there's so much more behind it. You don't know. And maybe like, who knows? So, yeah, yeah. it's it's a whole it's a whole situation. It's a whole yeah. crazy thing. So yeah, it's a biscuit situation. Yeah. So well, with all that, I like, OK, so you've had you have an interesting life. You've, you've experienced things. You've, you've gone through things. How do you make decisions in your life today? Um, honestly, I make decisions. I, everything I do is fueled by some sort of addiction. Um, and so all my decisions are based on that or, based on like my procrastination, which I consider, uh, I mean, uh, I call it an addiction. I don't know if it really is or whatever, but. um, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier with it. I mean, yeah, it's a feeling of anxiety that you try to utilize to make yourself feel a different way when you don't want to feel a certain way. I mean, that's what addiction boils down to. It's like when I feel one way and I don't want to feel that way, I'm going to engage in behaviors that change the way I feel. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I like, I'll like just uh, today, I, I, um, when I get anxious, I, I, I drink coffee. I'm like, you know what? It's, I get anxious about something and to make myself feel better, I will add caffeine to my anxiety. But because it gives me like, (laughs) it gives me like a euphoria, like, Mm -hmm. and then I feel that for like five minutes and then I'll make a decision, which I always regret making, even if it was a good decision, because I was high on something at the time. And, or also for me, like overeating food, that's like, Oh, that's my big thing. Um, like I'll, I feel like I need something to help me make the decision that I could easily make without any sort of substance. And then I do that. And then I feel I make I make decisions with regret. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that was very much my my vibe for um my god for about 10 years honestly and I still struggle especially with large decisions. I actually try not to make them quickly. Um I actively go, okay, can I sleep on this? Can I do this a little differently? Can I can I sit and wait and see if this has more to do with my character defects than it does with the other, you know, with whatever part is not me, you know? Um, And Mm -hmm. to make those decisions uh, with a little more 
foresight and preparedness, but that always, that is hard for me that my whole thing is I have the anxiety and the ADHD and um, they would fuel. It was like a snake eating its own tail. So like the ADD was being fueled by the anxiety and the anxiety was being fueled by the ADD and uh, together I wasn't getting a whole lot done or yeah. I was mixing up a lot of information and uh, which I still do sometimes, but was, she's getting better. She's getting better. So, um, but uh huh, uh huh, I can feel it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's that whole thing of like, how do you motivate yourself to do something when for 30 some odd years of your life, the motivation has been, the same has been tigers in the room fear has been the kind of fear where that it's like, so it's actively choosing to say, I want to do this now, or I want to stop thinking about this now. So I'm going to do it. So I don't have to, it doesn't have to live in my brain anymore. Um, And, and those are, those are skills that have to be built. And, um, but I totally understand the the addiction to being like under the gun. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it comes from like, for me, a lot of like, I don't want to fucking do this. You know, I don't want to fucking do this. And it's not that I don't overall want to do a thing. It's that whatever it is, I would rather be doing something else. But if given, if I given myself the opportunity, if I give myself the opportunity to not do the thing, what will I do? Stare at the wall? You know, yeah. it's, it's the wall, the phone, stare at the, the phone, phone stare at the phone. Yeah, yeah the, that the, kind of thing. The fucking abyss, the, the fucking pocket abyss that we all carry around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah giving into distraction is so delicious and tempting. Oh, yep. it's so easy. Like, yeah. oh, man, even if, even if I don't have like a phone or a TV or anything around me, I will still rather than do the thing I've been avoiding or the thing I need to do, I will just uh, think I'll like make up stories in my head or fantasize about something just so I can avoid putting, uh, uh, putting focus on something that will probably take like two minutes to even think about or act on. You know, what's weird is there's psychologically, I hear that, um, and I like saw some therapist on TikTok talk about this, that like by doing that, that's actually a really, that's negative. how bad, that's how bad mental health is in our country. You can't get a therapist. Like there's a good 30 second TikTok <laughs> with a fucking mental health professional that I just yes. saved my life. Yes. And, and it's I'm not, little... I'm not judging you for watching it. I'm just saying America sucks. That, yeah, that's where we absolutely. have to get our fucking mental absolutely. health TikTok. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. And they, and they, they posed that there was some sort of like uh, the escapism in itself becomes kind of like a, an addiction and, and doesn't, and reinforces the negative patterns in your brain. However, I talked to my own real life human therapist, not a TikTok human for more than 30 seconds. And she said that oftentimes that's also a way to work out your feelings is to go oh. into that fantasy land and um, it isn't necessarily negative. You just have to make sure that you don't live there permanently. Yeah. And so, so yeah, you know, it could be an issue of like, you're taking the time to process something. Yeah. You know? That 
That that's a good point. That could be it. And I, I think also because like, I haven't been to therapy in so long, I used to go all the time. And then that I, I ha I don't know the tools to use, um, you know, when I get like intrusive thoughts or whatever, sort of like bad thought. And, uh, and so like the only coping skill I really have is like going into like those daydreaming or mm -hmm. maladaptive daydreaming, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like you have a lot of inner knowledge, you know, for everything that's, you understand your brain. Yeah. And what, what is the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself in that understanding? Or surprising, you know? Um, I think like when I realized, like, I mean, I've always known I'm an addict, you know, based on things I've been addicted to in the past and like, you know, going to treatment and stuff. Um, but I didn't realize until, you know, recently, like this past year that, you know, all, almost all my actions are fueled by some sort of, by either addiction or my mental illness specifically my OCD. And I actually like, when I, I realized like, Oh, you know what? These things are def are frustrating and they, they do control my life. They're also, I've found a way to, um, you know, kind of make, make them a more positive part of my life. Cause I just, I'm going to have to deal with them. They're always there. And so I, once I realized like, oh, I can use my OCD for good. Like <laughs> I can, you know, that's how I do my comedy. I write one liners, which are just like intrusive OCD thoughts that pop into my head all day long. So it's like, okay, this is a painful thing for me, but at least something cool comes out of it. So I'll, I'll do that. And yeah, I guess I just, when I realized like, oh, I can turn this around to make this painful thing be like, be somewhat an positive then. Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. use you. I, I, for me, uh, being a hustler and a thief for so many years, uh, when, when I got sober, I was able to, you know, use the workaholism, like as hard as I work to get fucked up. Like that was, that was what it was told to me in the beginning was like, if you work half as hard at staying sober, as you did at getting fucked up, you're going to stay sober. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, for example, like I, I can remember, and these are, this is real, especially given, um, you know, depending on when this podcast comes out, the, the winter that's blasting everybody across the country right now, except for California and Arizona. Uh, what, what, uh, <laughs> I remember living in Chicago and it being a winter storm advisory and the, and the snow being 12 inches and me walking through the snow in skateboard shoes and shorts to get to the liquor store you know and it's like i've never had to do that you know to to stay sober so it's like if i was willing to walk through snow to get a handle of whiskey you know when i first got sober i had to ride my bicycle to get to the meeting hall so it's like riding a bicycle is half as hard as walking through snow so if like and that's how i had to compute it like you know i had to turn my natural drives that were self-destructive into things that I could use as assets. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I've said, like workaholism made me avoid getting therapy. So mm -hmm. they can be used, 
you know, to, to excess and not benefit me, but I can totally relate to finding the things about myself that are necessarily, um, at face value healthy and trying to use them in a healthy way, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think for me, when I, when I first found out, when I first started doing standup, I really noticed how my ADD anxiety addict brain is an asset. Number one, I could, you know, <laughs> grind <laughs> and, um, you know, really, really get in there and like uh, do the thing. Cause I was taught to suit up, show up and do a thing every night. And um, the other thing that was super helpful was um, the, uh, 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 the ability to write jokes that are different, that are strange. My thought patterns are going to go in directions that other people's will not, you know? So that was, that was uh, a definite asset that I figured out like immediately, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That adds to like a, your, your point of view and it like, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you don't have to look at it all bad, baby. It's just figure out how to use your superpowers. Oh, oh my God. That's such a good way of looking at things. Whoa. Holy shit. Whoa. Like, like, oh my God, your anxiety, your OCD or whatever. That's your superpower. Damn. Well, like for example, Dave and I have very different superpowers, which is why we make a good uh, make a good duo. You know what I mean? I and that far. Oh, get, shut up! Um, <laughs> for exa- like for example, when um, when when the cat came into your life, right? And like when JP came into what you're your talking life, about. Dave <laughs> called me and was just like, "I ran over a cat. What do I do?" And I was just like, "I got that." Like because because I have that ADD. I don't know what's happening in five minutes. Brain. I was just like, I'll put his shoes on and come on right over. And I just walked up to the cat and put him in the crate. You know what I mean? And Dave was very methodical about how he wanted to handle the situation. And I was very like easygoing about it. Just like whatever happens next. Um, God damn, there couldn't be any more background noise happening right now. Give me one second. I'm going to just <laughs> fucking hell. So we're we're at thirty four fifteen on my clock. So I'm just gonna write that down to tell her. But this is going good. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling awesome. about it? Okay. All right. Okay. So thirty four thirty four fifteen is when uh, thirty four fifteen. Uh, mm-hmm. So write okay. that down, and then well, okay. we're gonna hop back, we're gonna hop back in with the next question. All right. So ooh, I'm gonna three, clap. Three, two, one. So you've been pretty honest with us so far. And I think that's, a you know, people that can be honest with themselves, like I feel have the best chance of like fully understanding what it's going to take for them to, you know, just be content on any given, on any given day. Like how honest, Dana, would you say you are with yourself and others around you? Um, I'm honest with others when when i'm talking about myself so i'm honest about myself but like let's say um i'm like if my friends have like i have a hard time being honest about my opinions with friends like if my friends were to come to me and say hey i'm you know i'm thinking about getting a divorce or something like rather than say oh my god yeah you're 
your husband is terrible. I thought that the, the entire time you were dating him, this is why, you know, I say, okay, I, you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm not as honest with people as, um, as I'd like to be. I hope I got to a point with that. I didn't make sense. I don't no, think I- no, no, no. So, uh, so what I've got, what I gathered, you know, cause I can relate is just that there's some part of you that you want to like stifle instead of just being blunt and honest with your initial thought. You're like, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this or maybe. And for me, I sometimes I'm very honest, but like, I don't want people not to like me. I, I like being accepted by the people around me. So I might not deliver as much honesty as the situation would warrant. Not that I'm being dishonest, but it's like I try to like deliver just a teeny bit of honesty and like sprinkle it in and see and be like and sit back and be like, ah, was that too much? I, I don't, you know. So I mean, I is that is that kind of what you feel? Yeah. Yeah. That's totally it. It's like, I, I don't want them to uh, think less of me or think I'm being a jerk, but you know, that's just because I, I just have a hard time standing up for myself and being, um, yeah. Okay. I've just lost my train of thought. I think I, I just got anxious and lost my train of thought, but I'm back. You're fine. It's, it's no problem because the, the, the next question and and the thing is is just like you you are honest if you don't even realize it because it takes honesty to get through these questions. So mm-hmm. you have to like look at yourself and try to formulate answers and it's hard because we're all comics to not make everything a fucking dick joke. Yeah. You yeah, know, so true. so give yourself some credit, you know, and the next question is the perfect for where you're at. Like how do you experience the anxiety that's in your life that we've talked about? Oh man. Um so my, my, my anxiety is pretty much all like overthinking and intrusive thoughts. So, you know, I, um, I, uh, yeah, obsessive worry, um, you know, ruminating, thinking things over and over and over again on one side of my brain versus the other side of my brain, an even number of times, an even number of times. Oh no, I did 25 times. That's not an even number. I have to restart the entire overthinking cycle. That is how that's how I experience anxiety. And then there is the procrastination, which is all the overthinking done years, years and years, four years. The same procrastinating the same thing, procrastinating the same thought every day for years and years. That's how my anxiety comes out. Is it a good experience? No. Is it? <laughs> do, do I get through it? Yeah, it's difficult. Did that answer so, your question? <laughs> so you put that's you put your head in the sand. Answer. Yeah, that's it. That's your yeah, that's your your coping mechanism is you go, you know what? No. And then you just decide I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to deal with that. Yeah. Avoid, 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 avoid. That's yeah. Head Mm -hmm. in the sand. Avoid. That's exactly what I do. Yeah. 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 But the the thing is, is like I believe that there's hope Mm -hmm. in acknowledging what uh, like our our defects are. You know, like, so it, it, throughout the podcast, throughout my own recovery, it's just like the, the, the fact that I could even come close to acknowledging 
like the things that I wasn't super duper proud of about me, but I could get honest about them. So like honesty, recognizing like, like my defects or, you know, I guess characteristics of myself that I don't like that, that to me was the first step in getting in, in getting better. And I'm not here. And the podcast is not here to tell you what you need to do. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I can only speak for me, you know, and maybe Anna can piggyback this, but like, we just want to put as many voices out into the world so that people don't feel alone, you mm-hmm. know, and we've been, a- we've asked that anxiety question to sober people, not sober people, mental, you know, a- a- and that is a pretty accurate answer to anxiety just in general. So, you know, just you being honest with that, there's someone out there that feels that same way. And that that's the hope that we put out into the world is that like, yeah. all right, like I think like that. And that person thinks like that. So maybe, you know, maybe, maybe just maybe I'm not alone in the world, you know? Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, I just talking with you two or, or listening to the podcast, like I listened to uh Chaz's episode uh, mm-hmm. recently and then Chappelle Lacey's episode. It's just like, oh my gosh, these people I respect and admire have similar issues and it's, we're, I'm not alone. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you guys rock. Yep. You rock. And I almost like, okay, so you've been really, really hard on yourself. Yeah. So I'm going to rephrase a question really quick. <laughs> I will rephrase the question. What is one thing about yourself that you like that you would like to do more of? Um, okay, what is one thing about myself that I like mm-hmm. that I would like to do more of? Um, or be more of, you know, like embody. Um, I like, um, beep, 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 beep. What do I, I mean, I, I'm okay. Hold on. Damn. You're good. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) I, what? I broke one. <laughs> what do I yeah, like? That's, that, yeah, when, it, when Anna breaks from the format, it's just like, oh no. <laughs> that's a good break from the format. That's me being I'm kind and conscious of our guests. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying this is the 14th, new. This, this is 14 questions. Yes. With Anna Valenzuela and Dave Yates. But no, real quick, like Dana, just brass tacks. What do you like about yourself? Go. Um, I'm naturally funny. I'm naturally quick witted. And I want to, you know, I want to, you know, write more and, you know, put that out there and write more jokes so people can see that. And so I can, you know, contribute to more funny things. Cause I think, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't harness that as much as I should. And I know I, you just use this as an opportunity to beat up on yourself. We're just going to stop you right there. You are very funny. You're naturally funny. And you write. I was saying we, but I was fully prepared to let you keep beating the shit out of yourself. So (laughs) that's where we both differ. And I was like, wait, no. Just just stop that. Yeah, just stop that. You are naturally funny and you're super talented. And we, the, the, I literally, last night I had to call a friend in the program and I was like, I'm getting ready to log on to this class. And my head keeps telling me all day that all my friends are like getting booked on shows, like getting booked on like television shows and like 
doing all this stuff and like, you know, big podcasts and all this stuff. And here I am going back to community college, like a loser. And she was like, this is Olympic level self-abuse. She was like, how, how did you take doing something safe? the skills that you need for your dreams and turn it into an opportunity to call yourself a piece of shit. Oh, oh. and I was like, I, that's why I called. That's what I needed. You know, like I have to get honest with people about like that mo- little monster in my brain that'll just be like, what are you doing with your life? You should have a Netflix special. And I'm like, yeah, and like, just making sure. Like it's yeah. <laughs> this is uh, for those of you who listen regularly. Uh, Anna's inner monologue is Gollum. Uh, yes, that's when... <laughs> yes, it's very like, <laughs> like yeah, Anna's Anna's addiction slash alcoholism slash mental health demon is Gollum. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Why are you not faith? So I'm like, stop. Sometimes it's Yoda. I, it all depends on how much I vaped in the morning. Um, so it's it's a it's a crazy thing. But yeah, there's like a little goblin in my head that's chewing on my accomplishments at all times. Oh my gosh! Yes, like you're like, oh, I'm not a I'm not a headliner. I'm a feature, but I'm not a headliner. That means like I'm the worst comic out there. Or you know the thing is, you woman, you know how hard it is to even break into being a feature. People look at me and be like, I don't think you could do 20 minutes. I'm uh, like, flash, not not if you're a straight white man. Oh, Pretty easy. Yeah. Suggest Shit. you try it sometime. Yeah. Try being a straight oh, white man. Oh my yeah. god, I would I would love that. If I could just <laughs> borrow your dick and beard for like a day, the things yeah. I would I mean, do. At, at, Walk at the, around at, with the, at, the, at this rate, uh, at this rate, I would charge fifty dollars a day. I could use the extra money. <laughs> It's a good business idea. All right. Uh, idea. Yeah, kid, everybody, I want you to go on YouTube right now and listen to the song by King Missile called Detachable Penis. Detachable Penis. It's the best. Yeah. Well, it's funny because back back when I first started, we would joke around like I would hang at the comedy club with all the like road comics and they would make fun of certain comics and call them the perpetual middle. And, but to the to the tune of detachable penis, they're like that guy. He's a perpetual middle. He's never gonna headline a club. Perpetual middle. He's comfortable being where he is. Oh man, that's my new jam. Thank you. That's amazing. That's amazing. So just be kind to yourself, like for like five minutes. Imagine I'm in your room just yelling compliments at you. Like your eyes are beautiful and your faces are great. She yells compliments at me, and I fucking hate it. So don't, I will don't assault let, don't let her, person with a compliment. Yeah, don't let her fucking mushroom stamp you with compliments. She'll do that. She'll take her compliment dick and wave it around. I love it. I love it. Um, it, Because it's a free gift that you can give somebody. Like I see somebody, I'll be like, girl, your curls look good today. Like, you say that to somebody. You know how hard it is to get curly hair to behave? You say yeah. that to a woman? Especially when you don't even know, she's just gonna be like, "I'm I'm done. I have to go home. That's it. Yeah. Nothing better is gonna happen today." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love it. True, that's true. You know, part of part of for me, what um, 
what's really helped with the self-abuse has been forgiveness. What is your experience of forgiveness of yourself and others? Um, I let my forgiveness is often, um, uh, uh, wrapped up in anger. I think for me, like I usually forgive like myself and others after I've been angry at myself even for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. 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 I get it. I get it. It's um for me I couldn't forgive anyone until I learned how to forgive myself because I am the type of person that will hold on to resentment um in two parts. I will hold on to resenting that person for whatever harm they caused. And I'll hold on to resenting myself for participating in the situation that caused the harm or for my 50% of the conflict that caused the harm or for just not even being able to like miraculously protect myself from said harm. And that comes from my childhood. That comes from like being a kid who couldn't protect myself and being told I was responsible for that. And so unwiring that was the key to to freeing myself from constant self-abuse because it would just be this thing of like, well, you deserve to be treated that way because you did it to you. And it's like, no, girl, you're eight you were a kid and then it became no girl you were at work like yes you had 50 percent, but there's another 50 percent that is not you that is out of your control quit assuming control over everything in this universe to such a degree that you even control what what makes you angry yeah that makes any sense well i hope take a page out of anna's book it's stop being mean to our friend dana you know (laughs) Like we like her. So yeah. quit, quit, quit being, quit being an asshole to our friend, you know? Yeah. And I have to remind myself, like I am my own worst enemy, 100%. So it's like, I'll, I, I can forgive people around me pr- pretty, pretty decently, but forgiving myself, like I can tell you this, like when I first did a four step in a 12 step program, the person on my resentment list at the top was me. Oh, my sponsor was like, you can't, that's not, that's not, that's not how this works. Like we, we know you hate you. Like, that's why we're here. Like let's, let's get to, let's get to the brass tacks of who, who else you're resentful for. And then you'll find out why you hate you. That that's really fascinating because the, like the, the eight stuff that changed my life, I had written about everything and everyone but me. And then my sponsor. Oh no, I knew, I knew I hated me. Well, I do. I, I hate me too. Me. But my sponsor was like, "Well, what about you? Are you gonna forgive you?" And I was like, "Oh, bitch." Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, so hard to be like, bitch. Because <laughs> you have to be kind to yourself to to forgive yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's usually where it starts. But I'm not oh, good at that either. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. That's. That's difficult. And I've, I've tried like, um, like recently, like 
thinking more of the things that make I'm grateful for. Like for years, therapists would tell me that like write a daily gratitude list. I'd be like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. I'm not grateful for shit. But then like, even when I just think of things like that helps, I, I find myself like in a more positive outlook and then, mm -hmm. then yeah then i fuck it up somehow but um it's nice knowing that like i was kind to myself for about a minute yeah, yeah. let's 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 do it real quick right now we'll each do three things we're grateful for i'll start i'm grateful okay. for coffee i'm grateful for this podcast and i'm grateful for my friend dana for coming on the podcast that's three anna you go three grateful okay. to go. Uh, um i'm grateful for wi-fi I'm grateful for Jaylight giving me this Yeti mic that looks like a giant hanging penis. And um, I'm grateful for Dina's beautiful face and her sense of humor and art. Thank you. Um, I am grateful for Anna and Dave because they are super fun and you, I admire you guys. You guys are awesome. And I appreciate you guys rescheduling for today. That was super dope. Um, I am grateful for, my uh, parents, my dogs, and my boyfriend, uh, they all, they're my biggest supports. And um, I am grateful for um, my, uh, I am grateful for electricity because that is currently fueling everything I am using right now. Yeah. I, could, yeah. Could you imagine being in Texas? We'd be on day three, no electricity. Oh this, my God. This, yeah. this podcast would be acoustic. Worry. Don't worry, Joe, Joe Rogan's got a generator uh, that he bought from Elon Musk that's powering all the LA Comics homes that decided to move to Austin. I don't know if you know this, but... <laughs> he bought a generator? I'm just kidding. Oh I, my god, no, I have to ask you that because my, my dude's rich parents bought a generator for their house. Like a Tesla well, I, generator. Well, let me, let me just tell you, I know about generators, but I was just trying to be funny. I mean, if you want me to get like nerd uh, Mr. Fix It on you. Like generators are not an uncommon thing in Illinois in the Midwest because yeah. we're used to winter and we're used to sometimes storms in winter put the power out. So you got a thing that you roll out into the garage and you pull it and it goes burr, 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 right, right. and it powers the shit you need. There's Ooh. a difference between a gasoline generator that like you take in your RV and buying a Tesla generator, like a fucking like like a like a super villain that's a super well, villain people move. that want to live off the grid i mean i know they don't want to live off the grid so they they're just buying stuff sometimes just to buy it but like i've seen it uh, it yeah. honestly it it it's the shape if i'm not mistaken the tesla generator is it's almost the shape of like you ever see the movie alien yes like you know the first form of the alien that like looks like a hand with a tail no that's kind of what the tesla generator looks like it, it it's like it looks like the body portion of the alien Ooh. oh my god that is some rick and morty real life cosplay shit that yes. is crazy google it, google it. Okay. i could be wrong i mean don't take my word for it i don't know things all right um, i love fist generator is that what it's called no. Getting fisted yeah. by electricity, baby. Yeah. Relax. <laughs> so at this juncture in your life, Dana, uh, what's been the most surprising apology that you've either had to make or that you've received? Um, um, uh, okay. So my friend died in June and I had uh, ended our friendship a few months before that. It was a toxic friendship. And after she died, like I found 
like comfort in knowing I could like talk to her whenever just and mm-hmm. apologize for like my part in the the toxic friendship mm-hmm. and yeah so it it the whole thing was just I mean obviously you know a friend died it was a big old crazy sad mess um but yeah it was like it was nice it was surprising that like I could find comfort in something like that like and uh but yeah so like yeah, apologizing yeah. to a a dead friend is <laughs> that's uh there you I, go. <laughs> I my I had a sponsor tell me I was doing an eighth and ninth step and and I the subject of my parents came up and she said she said the funniest thing she goes, you know, they put you through so much and then they just had the audacity to die. Yeah. Just, you know, so you have to make these amends in a vacuum, you know, and I was like, yeah, but I get to do it, you know, and at least in those situations, they're not causing any more harm. But it is complex when somebody dies and the relationship wasn't great, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to get in there, but it's, it's very important to make the, to make those amends. I always tell people, write a letter, write a letter, you know, write it down. If you're feeling like saying something to a dead, you know, friend or relative, just write it down, you know? Yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, writing, go ahead. writing about her or writing to her has definitely ha- has helped me a lot. Cause I mean, I, w- I wouldn't have felt comfortable, you know, saying any of this to her mm-hmm. while she was alive, while we were friends or after it. So it's like, you know, I, I mean, I, it's not good. Obviously I'm not happy that she died, but it's, I feel good that I, I have some sort of outlet to, you know, talk to her, you know, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I get it. Well, that, that, I mean, you got to live inside your head, you know, yeah. so whatever it takes, you know, I've heard of people writing letters and reading them at, at, at friends or family members graves that maybe they didn't have the best relationship with. So, I mean, there is a way to apologize for our parts uh, at least, I mean, to the universe, you know, so that it just gets out of your head, through your mouth and out into the ether, you know, whether you believe in shit or not believing in shit, you know, I, I think it's just important to get it, uh, out of our brains. Um, and and some people have a spiritual inclination. Some people don't like, uh, Dana, do you have a spiritual practice or what is your day to day routine that, uh, that is sacred to you? Um, uh, I, I don't really have a spiritual practice. I, I think my, I just, uh, I, I, I follow the OCD intrusive thoughts, you know, sometimes it's positive. Most of the time it's negative, but that is, that is my higher power because it is there with me and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So, you know, I, I just kind of go with the OCD flow. <laughs> I'm going to make a suggestion. This is going to be random. Okay. But uh, have you ever read the book Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card? No. And granted, he's Ender's Game. He uh-uh. is a, he is, Orson Scott Card's like not a great human, but the reason why I bring it up 
is in the book series Ender's Game. And, and there is some controversy as to what's the true sequel. So it was Ender's Game, Speaker of the Dead, and then this book called Xenocide. Xenocide is my favorite book. And it's about an entire planet with OCD disorder. What? Yeah. And they have a spirituality built around it. Religion is built around it. It's like this whole thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Does the author have OCD? I don't know. Oh my um, God. But I do hear that he used to go into his local Barnes and Noble and just face all the, his book titles out, you know, like reorganize the shelf so people would see oh, his really? first. Yeah. I already <laughs> a little bit of a crazy person. And he's super, yeah. he's super Mormon. Like a lot of sci-fi writers are super Mormon because they have a space religion. Oh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, he, uh, I, I, yeah, for example, like his books, like miraculously have no queer people. <laughs> folks that don't get married. <laughs> and you're oh, like, what? <laughs> That's weird. Um, but uh, the stories themselves are, are very good. And so, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, I would highly recommend. Um, oh, it's a weird sci-fi sidebar, but <laughs> With that, okay, so so let's give you a great, you know what? Your spiritual practice is doing a gratitude list, three things every day. How about that? Okay. Okay, deal. Deal. I love it. Yeah. I love it. What is your, what, so with no spiritual practice or whatever, like, are you like a God person, a no God person? A universe person. Universe uh, energy, person. love. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I Capitalism. <laughs> I'm not a God person. I'm not a person person. I'm, I guess I like the energy thing. Um, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I get my higher power, whatever you want to call it is just, is humor, like doing, you know, whether it, you know, I'm committing my whole life to this comedy thing, to, to cartoons and stuff, things that are funny. You know, I just, but yeah, so my my higher power is a dog. Any that is my dog. That is what I worship. Uh, that is what I want in my life all the time. Um, if I were a church going person, I would go if there was a dog um, running. Dog the, minister. Yeah, dog minister. Dog pulpit or puppet? No, that's not. That's dog the choir. No. Dog pulpit. I mean, dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dog pews. Uh, do you yeah. know in California there's a town called Idlewild that has a dog for a mayor, Mayor Max? Have oh. you seen this? And he's a very good boy. He's a golden retriever with a tie. Well, yeah. that sounds like mayor. I that maybe I will move to California one day. That wasn't considering mm-hmm. it, but that is sounds like my kind of town. <laughs> we got dog mayors here. My my sponsor always says that when she feels her lowest and she's driving around and she sees a dog with its head out the window, she knows there's a presence of a higher power that there's oh, some yeah. sort of God. Cause why else would the world have dogs and cars in the same place? <laughs> and that it's just like pure joy. Like you see a dog with their head out the window. They're just like, I like they're just, they're just having the best day ever. You know, they're so, so happy. And yeah. And I even like, I mean, I haven't done this in a long time, but like when I would go to a social function at someone's house, which is always scary for me, um, like if I'd go to a party or something, I would immediately, number one, I wouldn't go if if they didn't have a dog or a cat because that's those are the like the only beings I socialize with. 
So like when there is a pet there, it's like, oh, okay, I'm comfortable in the situation. And next step, dogs at comedy clubs. Dog comedy club. Yeah. I've had my set interrupted by many a dog. Me too. Yeah. That's just <laughs> Me too. that's just that just shows you where I've been booked in my life. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> one time I was doing a set and I looked over, the dog wasn't even barking, but it was such a it was a big tan adorable pit bull and it just looked like the cutest little potato i had ever seen <laughs> and i just turned around and i was like i locked eyes with this dog i was like i'm so good i'm so sorry guys i'm sick. that dog is so cute i'm ovulating it interrupted me that's how cute <laughs> that dog is and like just moved on i bet i can't not acknowledge when there's a dog in the audience yeah. like it brings me the most joy <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like flirting with dogs or like doing crowd work on dogs that's that's the easiest kind of people crap. love that, especially because the dog's not going to follow you to your car and like, you know, try yeah. to murder Ask rape for you. your phone number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ask you uh, message you on Facebook and ask you how to get into comedy. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. While offering you um, offering to write jokes for you. Yes. I, oh, I suggest you both try being a straight white male comedian. I mean, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm tra- we need a we need a dick and beard service. That's what right. it needs to be called, dick and beards. I, I mean, it's it's not as bad as y'all get it, but like, I can't <laughs> tell you how many times over the past ten years, someone's like, "Hey, here's a joke idea. Feel free to use it in your act." And I'm just like, "In what world is this fucking?" in what world do you think that this is like, oh yeah, like that this person that I barely know or saw once or went to high school Mm -hmm. with, like, and it's never good. It's never never good. good. It's never good. It's like, it's like who messages, like, it's not like I'm going to be like, hey, uh, yo, Steve, like, I I, I see you're a contractor. I got this idea of how to hammer nails into the framework of this house and Mm -hmm. hear me out, bro. I know you've been doing this for 10 years because you dropped out of high school but let me tell you this <laughs> when you're framing homes if you tried my idea i think it would really work and, and you could just use it just this free to, for you to use this hammer nail technique that me a comedian came up with yeah. uh and felt the need to message you yeah i think yeah. i'll take you up on that man i'll give you a call later yeah, and then you can come on the road with me, and then we'll fall in love, and then we'll yeah. both get Netflix specials. Yeah, <laughs> I don't and know. If you don't, if you don't use it, I'm going to stalk you and say you were mean to me online. Exactly. Exactly. That is very real. <laughs> well, we we did it, gang. I think I think I think uh, we're going to land the plane here, uh, Dana. You've been such a wonderful guest. I had no doubt about it, and you know we wanted to have you on because you're you're a good person, and, and I, I like your comedy you. and your artwork, and you're uh, super interesting and very friendly. Uh, and I would be remiss not to bring up, uh, I I know this is going to throw you into anxiety, but we had <laughs> met before. And then she it pretended like she didn't know me when I was at a open mic in Phoenix. It was like a late night, 90 degree weather open mic where shorts were acceptable. I'm like, Dana, good to see you. And you're like, do, do I know you? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, you were probably stoned, but I, I just it was funny to me. And I know I and know this, that I, I was just busting your chops. I, like I didn't feel any type of way about it. 
Thank you. And yes, I was very high. I typically am at open mics because talking to people is not my strong suit and I will do anything to make it uh, easier. So, but yeah, that was fun. And that was at a, that was at the Grand or something, a really weird venue. I don't think it's yeah, open. like outdoor. It was like a, it was like an outdoor seating sitch even before COVID. Was there a big fire pit? Like... Is there a big fire pit in the middle? Mm-mm. Is there? Mm. I'm not sure. Act. No, I don't. There, there was like one main area, and then there was like an upper level too. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So. And welcome some... to Venue Talk. With Anna yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll take full responsibility for torpedoing the fucking energy in the room uh, on that one. That was unnecessary. My bad. Please forgive me, guys. Dana, last question: What would you tell someone in the world listening that is just like you? Um, take your meds. Take your meds. Wake Bitch. up. Yeah, yeah. Bitch, motherfucker, all of you, take your gosh darn meds. I. I, that is the one thing I'm consistent with my meds, showering, eating health. Okay. I'm not healthy, consistent with eating healthy, but take your meds and you might feel, you might, if you're wondering one day why you feel like crap, it's probably because you didn't take your meds, whatever meds are to you, you know? Yeah. Even if, even if you're a non-medication person, cause you don't need them, but I don't know in this economy who doesn't at this point. But in case you're one of those weird unicorns, just wake up and drink some water and eat eat something that didn't come out of a package, you know, like have a piece of fruit for God's sake, go outside and put some sun on your face. Even if it's just for five minutes, go enjoy the outsides, you know? So yeah. yeah. A dog, if that's something you're willing and able to do, pet a dog, stare at it, even follow a dog as long as it doesn't see you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Live your life. Do something good for yourself. I love that. Take your God. Could you just take yeah. your goddamn meds? Take your goddamn oh God. meds. Yeah. As, as, as the, as the Sultan of merch, uh, you need to make shirts that say, take your goddamn meds. I actually have a sticker I'm working on. That's similar to that, but I'll totally do that. Cause, uh, it is, I, I wish I could, uh, I, I wish I could like hand that business card that says, take your meds to, to many people I encounter in public, a- aka open mic comics. Yes, take your meds, and then it, it, a little asterisk that says, "And if you're not on meds, get meds." <laughs> <laughs> Please, this is, this is the building wall. Here's your sign. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dana, you've been wonderful. Uh, where can people find you, your artwork, uh, your stand-up, your animation? Uh, tell the people what's going on so they can look you up after this. Uh, yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Anna. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at just Dana Wisson. Um, uh, YouTube, Facebook, too. Um, I also co-host a podcast called Fart Talk. Uh, yeah. on all podcast platforms and YouTube fart talk with uh, me and Lexis Chardé. We talk about farts and um, yeah, but you guys have I, been, awesome. I volunteer to be on. Yes! I, could t- I could tell a fart story. I've got lots of fart stories. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I would love to have both of you on if you are comfortable talking about farts and maybe even hearing live farts. Just saying. It I'm might down. Happen. Sweet. That's amazing. Hell That's yeah. amazing. I'll try to record a morning fart for you guys and send it oh, over. 
Those are the, oh, I love those. Those are my favorite. The ones that come from the inside of your guts. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. part of your body that rappers talk about, you know what I mean? Like that's where the parts come from. <laughs> those are my favorite. And so when you're not busy slip sliding in them guts, uh, Anna, where can people find you in the podcast? People can find me at Anna Vian's photo, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValenzuela.com. You can follow this podcast at 12Q Pod on all the platforms. That's also our Gmail, 12Q Pod. Get in there. Um, said, you know, yeah, slide. if we get enough questions, we'll start reading the questions and trying to answer them. Maybe we'll do a, 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 a mini episode of answering your questions. So uh, send us an email at 12Q Pod and maybe we can get enough of them to do a pot. And um, yes. And Dave, where can people find you and your wares? Uh, you can find me at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy on all platforms. And you can buy my wares, hahahotsauce.com. Uh, so that's it. You know what a deal is. Uh, and then um, how we like to end this podcast. And Anna usually does it, but I've, I've, I've taken a liking to starting it. It makes her very happy is uh, Dana if nobody's told you this today we love you I love you guys oh and oh go Anna, ahead no one's yeah I'm doing it I'm doing it let me just let me do and if nobody's told you this today we love you oh thank you Dave love you yeah and if you're listening out there right now and no one's told you this today, we love you. Thank you for listening and uh, tell a friend. That's all we got. Thanks, everybody. Yay.